with two promotion challengers coming into RG2 in the last week. Reading really had a chance to show their medal in League One and show that they can compete. But with one point taken, can we really say they're doing that? Uh, getting there. Some shoots, some shoots. Hello and welcome to the Towerhurst End podcast, episode 362. Uh, it's Ross talking to you today, as always. We've got no Ben today, um, but in his place, uh, the excellent Towerhurst End, uh, Towerhurst End writer, Bobbins. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Doing very, very well. Enjoyed uh, getting to see us play some decent teams this week. How about you? Yeah, it was uh, the derby was certainly an interesting atmosphere, and we haven't had something like that for for quite a while. So um, that that was nice in its own way. the The Barnsley game was uh, completely different, but um, in terms of atmosphere and and fun, but yeah, um, yeah they 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 both still had some merits, I think. Exactly, exactly. Well, it's always nice to see your team play up to the competition a bit too. And talking of playing up to the competition, thank you as always to ZCZ Films, who uh, always do their bit to to rise the occasion when we've got a podcast coming out, uh, chucking their, their hand in for sponsorship. And, and we do thank those guys. Uh, remember, guys, if you want to uh, get involved with the Towerhurst End, we're on Twitter at thetowerhurstend.com, uh, or you can drop us an email. We've got some great email questions uh, in the in the last year. Uh, so at the towerhurstend.com uh, sorry the towerhurstend at gmail.com with uh with any of those longer form questions right two big games to dive into so we're going to do that right now uh in the review come rain or shine it's time to relive the latest match action with the recap this podcast is sponsored by zcz films Reading's oldest ultras. All right then. So, um, two two decent games in the last week. Uh, we had Oxford, obviously, which we'll get to. Um, but starting off uh, with Barnsley, um, a three-one loss. Um, and I saw somebody refer to it as getting league wand, uh, which which feels about right. You know, we 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 probably competed pretty well in the first half. Took the lead um, through a through a well delivered free kick, and and we should talk a little bit about Lewis Wing's uh, set play delivery. Um, but uh, Bobbins, how did you uh, how did you see the game, and uh, what, what were your uh, what were your first standouts? I guess. Well, it was nice to score an early goal for a change. Yeah. That that was that was good, and and it was a, a, a great set piece too. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's something they planned. It looked like they did the way they. Um, congratulated each other afterwards. It, it sounded like it was a an exercise from the training field that that you know, paid off. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, we scored too 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 quickly because there's a lot of game to to hold on to a lead, and we're, we're rubbish at that. Yeah. So you, you kind of knew that we we had to get a second at some point before Barnsley scored. Um, and then when they did, it was completely out of the blue we were handling things all right um i thought um we weren't looking like we were going to score again unfortunately but we were we were holding our own mm-hmm. and the penalty was just a weird one um it's one of those that you know you're on the fence whether it's it should be a penalty or not in my view and it's, it's not a reading view i i don't think that should constitute a shot on goal for free oh, okay yeah, that's fair. Um, it's a good thing. And I think, Bobbins, let me touch quickly on the penalty because I think that's a really interesting 
mm. point, that you, point that you made there because I agree like in terms of what um Barnsley got out of it being like a an uncontested shot out of goal a shot at goal uh after the ball is pinball between two Reading players doesn't feel yeah. like a fair result um my issue with the offside well not the offside so the handball rule these days is that when you have your arms up in the air like Bindon did it's so hard not to get called for that now like doesn't matter where it is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Arms away from your body it seems to get called all the time yeah it's one of those where it's it's you know technically the ball does hit the hand but it's mm-hmm. it's the context around it isn't it was it a shot on goal no it wasn't right did it go to a did it lead to to you know a, a goal scoring opportunity it kind of did because he hit the post but that's after the handball not before the handball so it, it's it's such a weird rule that you know as I say, right. the the outcome is like, why do you get a free shot on goal for that? It was no no danger. There was no opportunity for them. So it seems a little bit unfair. Of course, if we had it, we'd be right. saying penalty. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those where it, it, which either way it went, you're still wondering whether that's the legality is is legal. <laughs> yeah, it's always a shame to see the team, you know, the the opposition get back into the game like that as well. Because I feel like more than an open play goal, a penalty really takes it out of um, your, yeah. your players sometimes, uh, you know, men- mentally. I feel that, you know, the goal, it's a quick, you know, you've been scored on. Okay, that's frustrating. Maybe you were part of one of the people making a mistake in the build up for that. But it's a very quick flash and you're walking back towards the... Uh, you know the center quickly and you're probably underway again within a minute whereas with the penalty now you know there's a minute of walking around with the ref oh here we go like are you sure you know there's 30 seconds of yelling at the ref you know and then the penalty taker's got his whole routine which involves him taking like a you know a figure eight to the actual ball or whatever and by the time the ball's gone back there there's two or three minutes of having been frustrated and just standing around before you get to play again um so i always feel like a penalty's they're ne- they're very momentum shifting. Yeah, and, and it, it did seem to, you know, suck the impetus from our play after that. It was, mm-hmm. I think, it was the injustice of it all and, and shock. I guess. Yeah, it, it was. It, it kind of you know, ruined the flow completely, and yeah. certainly for the rest of the half, it was just, you know, a, li- a little bit of walking around, going, what, what happened here? How do how do we how do we manage to go in a half time with, you know. Yeah going in as one each it just didn't didn't seem to be right you know yeah um but yeah it was it was disappointing the way we couldn't see the half out and then you know the team talk at halftime would have been completely different yeah agreed and that's happened a few too many times recently and that we've we've had a good first half and then something bad has happened in the last 10 minutes and that really changes how you attack the next half uh, obviously, going into the second half, uh, Reading were were first beaten by a, a really nice strike um, from the from the Barnsley player. I'm not sure who that was, but uh, yeah. the, the ball the ball da- uh, bounces down to him, and he and he's just absolutely leathered that from from the outside of the box. Mm. Um, now we're going to talk a little bit about David Button later, um, and I and I'm kind of interested, uh, Bob and sorry, in your in your take on on button just as a as a shot stopper uh at this particular time i think as as a shot stopper he's he's decent but you know you, you can you can throw a blanket over hundreds of goalkeepers at this level and shot stopping is 
is probably what they do the best. Um, right. They, they wouldn't be a goalkeeper if they couldn't stop shots, you know. And I think his positioning is generally pretty good. Um, so, sometimes from range, obviously, he's been beaten, but that's almost the, you know, the velocity of the ball more than anything else. I mean, not many keepers could save some of those that have gone, you know, in top bins, to be honest. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's his, one of his stronger parts of his game. Okay. But there's other weaker parts that definitely need some some work. Yeah, um, you know, I don't think he's going to have bad... a disaster like like he, he has done earlier on in the season, and Lumley did in you know seasons gone by. Yeah, um, I don't know if maybe would you bring Pereira in at this stage? I think there are some who are somewhat surprised that Pereira didn't get um, any minutes in the in the previous two games. Um, but obviously, it's difficult to bring out the starting goalkeeper. Yeah, and that's it. You've you've said it there. I mean, Sellers has said it before, has neither um, Buttons his number one keeper, and there doesn't seem to be much shaking that. No matter what Pereira has done in in the couple of games that he he played, and obviously, yeah. you know, saving some saving a penalty as well in the shootout. Uh, they are quite different keepers. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's buttons to lose. and He's got to do something drastic, I think, to to merit Pereira taking his spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll need it'll need a big mistake, I think, for that to happen. I, I think it's the familiarity that Sellers likes to keep with certain players, at least, yeah. as a kind of spine, and, and Button's one of them. That's true. And I mean, there have been other places in the team where we've sort of lamented this season um, when Sellers has changed things around, sometimes seemingly unnecessarily. So I suppose if we're promoting consistency uh, in, in that area, not not the worst thing. Last thing on Barnsley, another goal for Nibs. Um, I think after the Oxford game, he's up to nine goal involvements for the yep. season now. So I think he has yep. four assists and five goals, maybe. Um, yeah, 20, 27 games. Yeah, which, I mean, that's not bad at all, um, considering no. the season we've had so far. Um, it's worth noting, Reading do score goals. Um, we're in the top six for uh, XG, I think, and I, I'd have to run the figures for actual goals because those are the ones that count, of course. But um, Reading score goals, um, so Nims has been able to do that a little bit. Um, but just a really good week from him in general. And Bobbins, put you on the spot. How many goals is Nibs going to score this season? Uh, well, given that we're nearly halfway and he's got nine, mm. it's not unreasonable to think that he's going to get another ten. Okay, I mean, okay. injuries permitting, of course. He, I mean, he's pretty resilient, but but you know, he he, he could he could fall foul of a kind of stress like injury where he. You know he's out for a bit because his his limbs are just knackered. He yeah. does put an awful lot of work in. I mean, I don't know what his his stats are for kilometers run in a game, but he he's got to be up there consistently week on week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would say another another nine or ten would would okay. be a good for him. For me, what's going to be interesting is to see whether Nibs or Smith finishes the season with, with more. And I and I think that with those two being, you know, friends and, and whatever, I think it's going to be a good little uh, intramural competition between them, shall we say? Which which will be healthy, you know. Mm-hmm. They'll want to. They'll want to. You know, each one want to beat the other, and that can only be of a you know a bonus for us, really. You'd think. Yep. 
Yeah, no, I think I think that's been part. So we'll talk about this a little bit as we go into Oxford, and we'll we'll get onto that in just a second. But I, I think that Reading have improved over the last few weeks. Um, I've been talking about it for a while now. That yes, I understand that we lost to a non-league team in the FA Cup, but since November, results have been trending in the right direction. Performances mm-hmm. have been trending in the right direction. Um, I don't think that things are perfect yet, but I don't think that we're playing like a relegation zone club in this league anymore. Um, so I think part a large part of that has been Smith coming back and Nibs moving inside so that those two players you know, can interact together. A lot of our best moments, a lot of our highlights um, that you'll see in just like the two-minute packages, uh, we'll start with Nibs and Smith retrieving the ball somewhere on the pitch mm-hmm. and then an attack starting like that. And we've had lots of issues with sellers this season and and quite rightly in in many cases but that's the kind of football that he's trying to instill and in in some cases and in more cases growing each week with smith and wing playing together in those smith and wing smith and nibs sorry playing in those positions together um that is starting to actually come to fruition so it's been a big change in style of play i would argue almost that paulins didn't have a style of play um and, and sure. so you know it always takes some time to get that in but it does now appear that the players are settling into that a little bit more um so moving on to oxford then huge local derby obviously there were uh many uh thames valley police out in various parts of town to to stop us yeah. poshos from really having a go at each other obviously um, but, uh, well, I wasn't there at the game, obviously, Bobbins. I only got to experience it all online. What was the atmosphere actually like down at the, at the Mad Stad? It was, um, I got there, uh, unfortunately, really early. So I kind of felt a bit of the build up, and it was quite quiet. And then once I then entered the, uh, entered the ground, like 1871 was pretty much full. Yep. Uh and they were just, you know, having banter with the uh with the Oxford fans. So that set the tone really. And then and then it sort of it sort of filled up a little bit bit gradually and it it, it, it sort of snuck up on you that it's like, oh we've got an atmosphere all of a sudden. Um and I and I think when, when the game got underway, it was it was definitely simmering to in that we'd not kind of felt it in in the ground for you know quite some time um probably the season before last when we were like clawing ourselves out of um you know relegation trouble uh that's kind of what it felt like but it did have that that derby edge as well yeah and i think that kind of transpired to um affect the players a bit too yeah yeah for sure well of course um, we had a, a really good opening period. Um, Reading managed to maintain a lot mm. of intensity. Uh, should have taken the lead early on. They had uh, Femi Aziz really buzzing around nicely, almost picked out Smith at the back post uh, with one cross. Yes. Um, and then I think later on, um, maybe put free by Nibs right in front of the goal as well. So um, buzzed around really nicely, ran all the way through about four or five uh, Oxford players to start one attack, which was, was really nice. Um, but of course, Oxford would take the lead, um, which was which I think was disappointing. And at that time, very much against the run of play, um, Reading have been playing better. Um, but here's what I wanted to get to in terms of, you know, players feeling the derby and that kind of stuff. Of course, Sam Smith um, collects the ball, 
potentially in an offside position. Maybe, maybe not. I'm going to be honest. I don't care. Um, and and, uh, and takes that from wing, obviously. Runs all the way through it and, and slides a really nice finish uh, in. But then the most important thing, of course, goes straight on over to those Oxford fans uh, and, and has a quick celebrate with them. Uh, so I, I very much enjoyed that. And uh, how, how was that? Uh, how was that? Uh, how did that go down in the stadium? Bob? Oh, it was a lovely moment. You, it was certainly one of the best feedings that we've had in, a, in, in an awful long time. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just one of those moments where, you know, as soon as Wing had the ball, he he just you know he just delivered it. He didn't think about it. He just he just laid that ball through. Yeah. And as you say, whether it was offside or not, the linesman couldn't see. Whatever it doesn't matter. Um, it was a lovely first touch, composed finish, mm-hmm. and it's exactly what what we need from Smith is that authority to take a chance when he may not get many chances he hasn't had many in the first few weeks so uh this would have meant an awful lot to him um for many reasons it may be because we're down in a lower division but for my money smith is doing the things that we've asked our running strikers to do for years which is a like you're saying take chances when you don't get too many in a game be authoritative be clinical with your chances um but he holds the ball up so well um and, and considering yeah. his size yeah, as he, well he does he does, he does everything better than you want i mean Zhao ever you could did nitpick it, and say you could be a little bit quicker you could be a little bit this a little bit that but you know he he is what he is mm-hmm. um but he he his effort is his work rate his his tenacity is something you know that we wish could like spread throughout the team because yeah. he epitomizes everything that you want from a striker you want him to hold the ball up and bring others into play you want him to run into channels and he yeah. does it tirelessly to be fair um if we could supply him a bit more with some some killer balls like like lewis wing delivered then you know he probably would be up in the numbers of where we, we expect nibs to be yeah um but yeah i mean as you say you know our play is becoming a bit more fruitful the xg is is proving that uh, obviously he's not a sole beneficiary of that but um yeah it's it, it's ticking along nice nicely now and he just he's got that that confidence in front of goal yeah for sure obviously i, I bang on about expected stats and, and things like that a lot and when things are starting to bear out a little bit more in the way that we see the underlying figures, we call that regression to the mean. And I, I definitely feel like this period has been some sort of regression to the mean with us scoring and with us getting some better results. Um, obviously lost to Barnsley at, at the weekend, but um, I feel relatively confident going into Lincoln at the weekend. What we do need to do is learn how to um, spread our periods of intensity throughout the game. Um, so for my money on on Wednesday or on against Oxford, we kind of had um, a half hour of very intense play uh, and, until we scored a goal, um, and then really tailed off um, after that for a while. It looked like we couldn't quite maintain that level of uh, energy the whole game, which is not surprising. It is not possible mm-hmm. to play that sort of pressing style for an entire ninety minutes. Humans can't run 
at that speed for that long. Um, but what the team really needs to learn to do is, is spread those moments out. Like I was talking about, I don't love using England as an example because they don't play the most exciting football in the world, but what they do do well is they tend to go at you in the first 10 minutes of a half and the last 10 minutes. And they keep that middle part quite controlled and quite boring for lack of a better term. Um, and I think Reading could do with a little bit of that. They could do with a little bit of, we're going to try and score against you really hard in the first 10, 15 then we're going to take it down and control it a little bit and prove that we can do that. And then we'll go back at you if we don't have the result that we want yet. Um, and it's definitely a difficult thing to to learn to do. Um, I don't know if you saw anything in that second half, um, Bobbins, that would suggest otherwise. Yeah, I think they, 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 I think they had the idea, but the execution was, was limited. I mean, it was, a game that throughout was just kind of like littered with with errors. Like you'd get, you know, get either you'd get one man pressing, and then he'd kind of win the ball, but it would ping off him and kind of go go nowhere, and Oxford would pick it up. Or we'd have too many people in there, and it'd just be a fifty fifty who's going to come out with it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got no one to pass to because the guy's too close. So it's as you say, it's that education of what's a good moment to do these actions in and what's a good time just to leave well alone and just let things develop. Yeah. But we didn't seem to have enough momentum with the ball at our feet. Ball retention was bad. So Oxford had a, an awful lot of time on the ball, but they didn't do an awful lot with it. No, but I don't no. know if we had the fear of, of conceding. So we were you know, dropping off a little bit and just maintaining position but we couldn't get Smith away. We couldn't get Aziz away. Vickers was non-existent. So it yeah. was a struggle, really. Next step for me, I think Bournemouth have been a great example of this recently as a, as a pressing team. And what Bournemouth are doing well right now is that they'll they'll press the opponent with one or two players, but they'll they'll have other players as part of the press. But what they're actually doing as much as they're pressing and covering men is that they're setting up uh, in advance of the ball being won back in anticipation of it being won back so that once yeah. that ball has been won back the player who's won it back knows exactly where his right winger is going to be or something like that you know he can go all right i've won the ball back i've got a guy on my back now trying to get that ball straight back off me i know that if i ping it to that post or whatever somebody is going to be arriving i know if i put it here somebody is going to be arriving i i think it's pressing structures are great but you're 100 percent right like if you're both standing right next to each other once you've got that ball back yeah difficult to break out from that position you put yourself into and, and we really need to see the team um start setting up some transition structures to go with that pressing um structure i want to talk a little bit about players now having having reviewed barnsley and oxford a bit and i'll go back to button first Something that I noticed with Button um, in this particular game and and also from looking back at a few of the previous games, teams are targeting us at the moment for crossing. Now, Oxford put in about 12 crosses on average in their previous two or three games. But against us, they put in 30 crosses. Um, Bobbins, would you like to guess how many of those Button was able to claim uh, against Oxford? Oh wow! Uh, I, I'd probably say about ten percent. Okay, I mean the answer is zero percent. Uh, <laughs> I was being generous. Yeah. So this for me, um, the shot stopping 
with button is obviously you know it's not amazing it's not terrible um having looked at the stats he is pretty low down for shot stopping in terms of this league but again that doesn't worry me that much um but he doesn't control his box very well at the moment. We're le- we're getting a few times whereby, you know, the ball will come very, very close um, to the, you know, the six yard box because Button won't come out and claim that. We had a go against us a few weeks ago where Binden and Button, I think it was against Carlisle, were sort of having an argument uh, about who should be coming for that ball rather than yeah. actually. Um, clearing it out and i know ben was very clear that he thought button should have come for that particular ball um so i do think for sure that we're having a slight issue right now with button's management of the box um mm. and and that's bearing out in teams having also spotted it you know and and going all right well these guys can't defend across into their box let's send double the amount we normally do at them um and, and see what results that we get so Pereira. Yeah, crossing issues against Eastley as well. Obviously, we conceded uh, Eastley's winner um, from across. Uh, but I, I, I do think that with either of those guys that we need to solve something there, bringing in Holmes wasn't able to to solve that. He was beaten um, to the ball for the first goal from across. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it's all on the defense, um, even if their aerial dual numbers haven't quite been... Um, where we'd like them to be so far so just something to keep an eye on there if if other teams start crossing against us a lot all right so um that's button the player i want to talk about um in a somewhat unfortunate um way would be nelson abbey um the, certainly the first time he's come in for discussion under that sort of um theme uh recently uh he had a not a great game against oxford um and and certainly in the second half um you know eventually had to be withdrawn because he was just making repeated mistakes i want to use this kind of as a chance to celebrate what he has done already this season uh as well bobbins because obviously he's been great um but what did you see as what was really going wrong uh for abby the other night i think you he kind of was indicative of a lot of them in in that you know the first touch was bad, um, and as a result, you know he was having to rescue more situations of his own doing rather than you know forward balls from the from the opposition that he was just you know able to shoulder the the forward off and retrieve that way. His recoveries mm-hmm. were still good, but then he, when he was with the ball, he was a bit error prone. Um, and I think the occasion got to him because obviously, you know, we'd, I'm kind of going into the situation, but I would like to think because he's a Reading boy that this means a lot to him. Yeah. And I think there was a lot of pent up nerves. Um, and I think, you know, even in the Barnsley game, he had a few, few little niggles as well, which kind of he probably had in his own mind that his his form wasn't as good perhaps maybe it's a tiredness thing um mentally and physically um we don't know but but I, I, the only thing i found a bit strange was that he wasn't allowed to play through the errors because they didn't lead to anything we didn't like lose two goals because of his mistakes so for him to be hooked was 
it was a bit odd. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of us say, you know, it's a cardinal sin to change a d- defence when you don't have to. Yeah. Um, and and we did that. I can I can understand when, when Dorset went off, but that's a different thing. Um, but yeah, for for Abby to be removed, I'm not sure that's a good confidence move from Sellers, really. He got a big hug when he came off, um, which I imagine was Sellers trying to point out, you know, how wonderful he's been this season, and that this is just one game. But yeah, I do. I with two points, I agree with you. One, you hope that arguably our best player this season's confidence won't be uh, affected, um, and it's tough sim did some some crunching of numbers this week um and abby is actually comfortably the most com- uh the most prolific ball carrier in the team um yeah. now obviously from where he is on the field he is going to get more um safe opportunities to dribble the ball but he's not like a little bit over everyone else he's like so the he i think he has 20 completed carries or something like that mm. per game or something. And the next person's like 14 on average, something like that. I'm yeah. not even sure. So he's way, way, way ahead. And this is kind of how we've used Abby and Binden this season, right? Binden opens up passing lanes to the right for us. We can get Aziz in. We can get Yid on further up the field. But Abby helps us to break lines by dribbling out of pressure. And and mm. I do agree with you. Like, you know, you want to play out of your mistakes. Um, something that gets done a lot here in the American football is if a player has a bad drop, right? They, mm. they get the ball thrown at them and then they drop it out of their hands. It's very, very common for the quarterback to go straight back to them on the next yeah, play. Yeah. Be like, keep going. Like, don't mm. worry about that. Like, be a goldfish, as Ted Lasso would say. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that affected. Last thing I'll say on him, I did have a quick check to see if he played against the mighty Swindon. Uh, well, you know, in terms of rivalries, um, but he didn't, he didn't get to play against them. So I think you're, I think you're spot on. I think he, uh, the nerves of the Thames Valley got to him clearly. Yeah, and I think when, when once you start making a couple of mistakes, you're thinking about the mistakes rather than the game. Yeah. So your yeah. next next mistake is more obvious because you're not concentrating. So you know it's yeah. a self fulfilling prophecy, really, that you're you're going to make more mistakes, but. He's good enough to to ride that out, and he he's got that innate confidence to 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 rise above that. I think uh, he just needed a little bit of time to settle, but he wasn't afforded that. Strangely, last thing uh, on uh, Oxford then, and, and some of the players from that game, uh, we saw a return to the starting lineup um, for Tom Holmes, um, which. This was somewhat, somewhat unexpected for for myself, but I am incredibly biased towards the gospel of Tyler Binden, of course. So I might have just been, you know, denying reality in this. Bobbins, were you expecting to see Holmes back in the starting lineup? Yeah, kinda. Um, okay. I I was fiddling around with a, with an app beforehand, a predictor. And I changed my mind a couple of times whether Holmes was going to be in or not. I just thought that Binden needed a you know a little break. Yeah. And uh, again, Holmes being a, a Reading boy against Oxford, you know, it, it could be you know the little Philip he needed. Um, and he he did okay. He, he did yeah. all right. I mean, again, it's a typical Holmes thing for for the goal, and he got his yellow card by missing the ball completely and taking out his man. And getting, and getting nutmegged at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but in general, I, I wasn't I wasn't thinking that it was a terrible decision to put him in. Um, he 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 did okay. He didn't do as badly as he has done previously. He seems to have learned a little bit under Sellers, perhaps. But yeah, um, yeah, I think Binder needed the break, so to, to bring him in, I wasn't too concerned. I do agree with you about that. Like, I, you talked about like Button and his crossing earlier, right? But part of why we were having some crossing difficulties, it is on Button, but it's also on our aerial dual numbers for those center backs being down this season. Yeah. And Holmes probably brought in in an attempt to, A, like you say, give Binnan a little bit of a rest, but also provide a little bit more aerial um, firepower. And it's not the right word, but aerial bulk <laughs> strength. You know what I mean? Um, but it, again, like I say, he was beaten to that ball for the for the first goal, and it's tricky, right? I saw I saw a great point um, online this week about somebody who is the closest to the ball not necessarily being the person who is at fault. Um, and so, obviously, Holmes being the guy who was there to track the player doesn't mean that's all his fault. I do see. I thought Dorset was partly at fault for that game. Yeah. That goal. Um, he, he was out of position, really, for for the player, and yeah, he, maybe he didn't anticipate a cross from there. I don't know. Maybe he was thinking that player was going to go the other side of him ultimately. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's just one of those things from from crosses. Our awareness of where players are, either you know the the initiation of the cross or, and the receiver of ultimately, we seem to get a little bit bit lost there, and. and I, I can't think for the life of me why that is. So returning to the theme then um, that we talked about right at the start of this being two games to Reading against, you know, promotion chasing opposition. Um, how do you feel about the prospects of our technically in the relegation zone club then, Bobbins, at the moment? So it's only one point from two games, but we look closer to them than we look to Carlisle, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if you if you take those, if you just take those elements as, as you just said, two two teams are in around the the higher echelons of the division. We didn't disgrace ourselves. Um, both teams looked, you know, vastly more experienced at this level than we are. Um, they've got a bit more know how, a bit more canniness. Uh, they certainly got the togetherness of a squad that yep. they've got over us which you know we haven't got that that uh that luxury but um yeah we we looked a bit bit tired in both but you know i mean barnsley had a, had a bit more at the end of the game than we did but overall it was you know it was pretty pretty level it wasn't chasm of, of difference same with oxford they had a lot of ball but couldn't couldn't break through couldn't break us down so so we're doing a lot right i think Mm -hmm. it's just that confidence level to to go on and and win games now that we we're we're slowly inching towards we're looking better as you say we're creating more chances um it's just is the tiredness gonna gonna kick in now because we playing a lot of the players the same 11 or 9, 10, 11 players week in, week out now, if you discount Eastley. Mm-hmm. Um, so do we have the, the quality throughout to replace those players when they get tired? No, it's a good question. It's a, it's a very good question. All right. Well, um, I think that's a good rundown of uh, 
of the games that we've been a part of in the in the last couple of weeks. So there's no mailbag today. Um, obviously, we we've answered a lot of questions recently, and um, our man Ben does love to go through the mailbag. So we'll we'll leave a nice bumper one for him when he when he gets back. So we're gonna dive straight into the preview for for Lincoln. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about tactics and it'll be a bit of an extended preview there um so stick with us and we'll be back with you after these messages there's another huge game ahead for the royals so be loud and be proud for the big match preview all right welcome back to the tower herstand podcast episode uh 362 so like i said no mailbag today um we're going to dive into the the preview soon with um with Lincoln City. But first thing I want to talk about today, just for a little bit, um, is sort of corners from from both a defensive um, you know, and an attacking perspective. Um, more from an attacking perspective, I think defensively, you know, Reading have things to sort out from corners. Um, it feels like we've been saying that for a few years. Um, but said the same are, thing this week. I know, seriously. <laughs> but <laughs> They are, of course, you know, crosses into the box. Crosses into the box are not something that we're amazing at. Thinking um, attacking-wise, though, corners are, in general, a very low-scoring opportunity. You know, they get the crowd going, and they're great for that. But the actual um, the amount of corners that are scored from, especially ones that are pumped into the box, um, are it's like less than 5%, I, I think, something like that. Yeah. I read a stat, probably a couple of years old now, but it was like 3% of corners end up in a goal. Right, right. And so I wonder if um, one of the, when we were looking at managerial candidates um, in the summer uh, here at the Tower Stand, we we looked at a lot of different people and would you believe Ruben Sellers was, was none of them. Um, but, uh, sure. one of the guys, yeah, one of the guys we looked at was, was Luke Williams, who's down with mm-hmm. Nottingham, uh, Notts County, uh, obviously Wrexham's biggest, uh, rivals, uh, last season to, to get out of that division. Um, and they did come up through the playoffs, um, and they're playing some really interesting football. Uh, they basically play elite positionalism but in the lower leagues, which is, which is quite impressive. And they play according to, to numbers really more than anything. And now Reading are creating chances quite efficiently right now. Um, Femi Aziz, one of the highest chance creators in the league, uh, as is Wing. Um, so doing quite nicely in that regard. And, and in terms of creating chances, you know, Luke Williams did this excellent uh, piece after being asked a, a question about corners on how it's still a corner. You know, if you play it short and you look for a better angle and you try and find the shot or you try and find that, you know, cross from the edge of the box to that back post or something like that, um, you know, rather than just lumping it into the box uh, so that the six foot five defender on the other team uh, can just head it straight back out again. And for me, uh, I, I think that I, I think that I'd like to see Reading really lean into that a little bit. We have a lot of smaller jinkier players at the moment who can sort of get around a player um but not you know not necessarily win the ball in the air against a huge hulking league one center back so i i think for me that's that's somewhere i'd like to see reading improve their their chance creation you know stop putting corners into the box um directly and instead add another little step there I, it doesn't worry me when corners hits the first man, as is often, you know, complained about. If the ball doesn't hit the first man, which it often doesn't, it goes straight into the danger zone. 
that's why they're aiming for that particular position. But I would probably just digress and, and instead go with short corners for, for chance creation for Reading moving forward. I, I'm not sure why I had it in me to rant about corners today, Bobbins. Any strong feelings about corners? No, I'm with you. It's it's one of those things, as you say, you know, it, get, it gets the crowd whipped up. But when when the overall chance rate is like less than five, mm-hmm. even for us, we're not going to hit 5%, not even close. So it's like, yay, we got a corner. And you say we're more likely going to hit the first man or the lack of variation from from that set piece mm-hmm. is is kind of stark. You just kind of think, yeah, you know what we're going to do. It's not like, you know, there was, there was a, I think at the start of the season, we were going back post a lot. Yeah. yeah. And then that, that just kind of stopped. Yeah, you're right. But, we were going to Harley Dean on the, on the back post. Yeah, yeah. We, we were trying that and it was like, okay, that's a bit different, but it, it didn't come too much. And now I don't, I, it doesn't seem to be, a, you know, a plan from set pieces. It, it just doesn't seem to be that kind of, like, you know, from free kicks in decent, you know, angled positions, great. Mm-hmm. We we can fashion something, but but corners just be like, oh, what are we going to do now? We just do the same old thing, and yeah, it's it's not even a hope that you're going to get anything from it. It's, it goes into that same conversation we were talking about with like, it's great to press and win the ball back, where you've got to have players set up in positions to yeah. then attack right away. And it's just like I think part of what's propelled Reading to do well in the last few weeks is that we have quality players that are starting to really play and yeah. uh, just just smoothing out some of those quirks in the system um like having players in position ready if the press works and like you know using more short corners and things like that i, I think that would be the way forward uh in my mind but um, yeah it's probably a confidence thing as well that you know if they don't believe in what they're being told is, is going to be a winning set piece then you know the more it fails the less confidence they're going to have in it coming off so yeah yeah well, we've got Lincoln City on the weekend. Um, they're unbeaten in four in the league, two wins and, and two drosses, uh, two drosses, two losses <laughs> in that uh, period. So I guess four drosses in total. Um, Bobbins, know anything about Lincoln uh, or their team or town, I suppose? <sighs> Not a great deal. I, I, I tend to have a bit of a blind spot when it comes to away games because i'm i'm predisposed to think that we're just going to lose so i i I sort of just take it with a pinch of salt and just hope for the best i I mean if we if we were if we were riding high in the division then i'd probably pay a bit more heed to it but um they have only won four times at home this season which is a bit of a surprise given where they are Mm -hmm. um so we've got a 50 50 chance of, of getting something out of it you'd think um and obviously, the, the Wickham result that we're hopefully going to ride off the back of um, could be that, that impetus, really. You wonder now if maybe now we'll go a year without losing away, just because that, <laughs> no, that would be amazing, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the most this club thing to do, you know, just like, you know, right, you've dealt with that and now deal with this inexplicable piece yeah. of information. It was like in a few weeks ago, that piece of information that we were only second in the entire EFL to Man City in terms of goals scored so far. I was yeah. like, what even is this club, man? Like, I know, it's happening? it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I was just taking a look to see how much they, they crossed the ball. Um, and uh, 12 times last time out. Let's see how they uh, 
let's see how they got on over here. This is man reading stats out on a podcast. About 12 times last time as well. So, guys, if they put more than, let's say, 18 crosses into the box on uh, Saturday, I'm going to consider this theory proved, all right, <laughs> that, that people are targeting Button um, for that. Bobbins, um, Lincoln playing pretty well, but not quite having the season that uh, Barnsley and Oxford are. You know, they're six points behind Oxford, uh, three points behind Barnsley, but they played more games than those teams. This, to me, is kind of where Reading should be this season. I, I don't know how you feel about that, but they're ninth place right now. You know, they're, they've had some bad stretches, but also some decent stretches. I'm quite excited for this song because I think this is right about where we're at. Yeah, they're season. a young team as well. I think they're even younger than, than us. So hopefully we can play to their inexperience and, mm. and uh, you know, use that to our advantage for once. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's certainly avenues that we can exploit, I think. Um, hopefully we can take some confidence from the last few games, even even if we, we you know, haven't only got one point out of, out of six. We haven't played badly at all. We haven't been battered in, in, in any sense. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's that, that ongoing trend i guess that you know we need to keep up keep our chances up femi's got confidence again now so you know he might get some space um yeah, yeah it, it's it, it's not a, a game to to fear by by any stretch so um yeah let's hope we can continue yeah, I think so. I, I feel relatively confident um, ahead of this game. We get, you know, Nibs and Smith playing close together again, and I don't think that Lincoln are going to have anything that can really contend with, you know, that sort of like Smith, Nibs, and, and Wing uh, creative and attacking triangle that we have going right now. And as yeah. he's, especially when he's dribbling diagonally towards the box at the moment, how many times we've seen him try that same sort of like drag the ball over with his left foot move for he drags it from his left to his right super quick. It works every time. <laughs> Once someone <laughs> works that out, then Femi's going to go through another bad period. But uh, no, I'm seeing another, I'm seeing another Femi goal on the horizon based off uh, just how well he's attacking the box uh, recently. So that's what I'll go for a two nil win and, and a Femi, Femi assists and a, uh, a Femi goal. Clean sheet. I know. I know. Oh, what is stuff that? dreams are made of. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. Well, um, we're looking forward to it, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully see another amazing away following uh, down in Lincoln again. Bob, are you going on the on that trip, Bobbins? No, no, I'll be watching on the laptop so oh, I can uh, do my uh, my five things for the weekend. Perfect. So you'll be getting. Oh yes, you're another one of our. Uh, you Bobbins and I are both the uh, typing while the game's on type whereby yeah. I'm doing the ratings. And Taking notes. Bobbins got his five things, yeah. So I uh, got pilloried for the ratings this week, by the way, because I incorrectly, listeners, very, I got this wrong. I gave Holmes and, and Abby the same number on on uh, against Oxford. I got that bit wrong. Uh, so lesson learned. I'll amend that. And uh, yeah, you'll hear from me again on, on Saturday right after the game. All right. Well, um, we'll wrap that one up then. Well, Bobbins, it's been fantastic to have you back on today. I'm sure we'll have you again before the uh, end of the season. Sure. Loved it every minute. Awesome. Awesome. And you can read. Uh, so you've got your five things articles um, that you can read online. And what's your handle, Bobbins? 
uh, my handle's O Bobbins. Perfect. Well, check that out. Uh, Bobbins is one of the most prolific writers on the Tarhurst and certainly more than me these days. Uh, so, uh, so check out his stuff. It's really good. Have a great rest of your week. Uh, let's go up there and stuff Lincoln. Come on, you ours. <laughs>